welcome to another episode of Raw and Real Chat. Elizabeth Lim here, your podcast host. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Lila Smith, who has joined me all the way over from the States, uh, little old me here in Melbourne, Australia. Lila, thank you so much for making the time to spend with me today. Thank you for making the time for little old me <laughs> over here in Dallas, Texas um, today. And who knows where tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, so how long have you been in Dallas? I moved here in July of last year of 2018. Oh, and uh, well, so like how many days have I been here? Probably about half that time. I travel a lot okay. and I go, I get around. I haven't been to Melbourne, Melbourne yet, but it is definitely on the list because there are so many people from our LinkedIn community, which is where you and I met, who I would love to meet and hug in person. Yeah, no, well, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, I know, um, I know a few people in Dallas. I've got, um, uh, so a, a bit about, um, a connection I have in Dallas is that, um, our, our Ridgeback, our, our dog, uh, she's had a couple of litters and from her first litter, two of her pups went over to Dallas. No um, way. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Where are I, they now? Can I play with them? <laughs> I Well, I'm sure Dallas is a pretty big, I don't know what part of. Um, I'll Texas. go there. Yeah. That would be so funny because then we could like FaceTime with the dogs. <laughs> they're you know, big, they could have a little reunion. Big dogs. I think her, I think, so one girl and one boy went over. The girl, oh. I think, I'm not sure if she's had her own litter, but. Um, you know, gorgeous dogs, Ridgebacks, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they yeah. are, they're, they're beautiful, majestic. Yeah, they're yeah. the best and, and, um, they, they definitely keep us, uh, active and entertained, um, and probably make our travel a little bit harder <laughs> because, oh. <laughs> because we can, we can put them in the kennel, but you know, so yeah. there's, there's always that, that side of things. So Lila, for anybody who's not familiar with you, can you give us a background as to, um, you know, where you've come and where you're at right now? Sure. I mean, in a, a few like key things about me, I was born and raised in New York city so being raised around diversity and many, many people's stories definitely colored everything that came next in my life, which was, let me find all the ways that I can to connect to all of the people that are around me and to tell those stories or to tell my story to them. And so story has had a, a huge part of my life and just all of the differences between people being something that I on purpose try and seek out and find and pull close to me. And then I had just professionally, I was an actress really my whole life um, for 20 years um, solid and 10 of those professional in New York City and traveling on some tours around the country as an actress. And that's the stuff that I learned, you know, being an actress, I learned so much good stuff that I now use in branding work. Uh, I also, you know, while I was an actor, a lot of actors day jobs are things like bartending or waiting tables, especially in New York. But mine was uh, e-commerce and brand communications. Oh. So I was kind of like having these two full-time lives at once, uh, e-commerce and theater. And it didn't occur to me that they were overlapping, but I was really good in my job in e-commerce and, and in managing my department and minimizing turnover and all kinds of things that are goals of businesses. Mm. And one day when I was really feeling like, okay, even though I'm good at this, 
I don't really like it. Why not? <laughs> what more is there out there for me? And I don't really want to do acting anymore either. Like that too doesn't feel like it for me. But what do I like about both of these things? And I started to see the kind of crossover that theater is really about communication. It's mm. really about telling those stories. And most of all, it's about connection. So I had become really good at this connection thing that happens in theater. And then I brought it into my department with me. I brought it into any company I ever worked at. And that's just me also. I'm just naturally like that. Mm -hmm. So now I use that stuff to help entrepreneurs make more money faster by talking about the right parts of their story to the people who really want to hear it from them. And so they never feel like they're in hustle sales mode. They're in connection mode. And then the other part of the work that I do is as a communication trainer, I do workshops at companies and do speaking engagements about say things better, which is a method of intentional communication that I made with five steps based on my work in theater. Mm. That's wow. my whole show. A lot of stuff, but that's <laughs> me. I am all of those things. Like I know you're a lot of things too. You have a science background and now you're doing this kind of work. I, I do I, I do have um, uh, I do have a few kind of feathers in my cap um, but yeah. um, the one thing that that jumps out to me Lila is your experience um, on the stage um, yeah. and being able to communicate to an audience now that's a skill that not many people even some of the most seasoned actors can even achieve um, right. so I, I'm really curious about um, what that feels like for you and, and, and whether you can share that experience because um, with, with, you know, with two decades of that as being, you know, part of your profession, um, there must have been a lot of experiences that you had, um, both successes and failures and learnings that you had from that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about um, an instance that you can remember where um, really uh, I'm interested definitely about the learning because when you're on stage, you're obviously the spot, like literally the spotlight is on you and you're there to connect with the audience. Like how does that feel? Like how intimidating is that for a human being? Oh, I mean, for me, it's not intimidating to have an audience at all. I'm naturally geared to find an audience. Audiences are attracted to me mm. and it's very natural. It's an easy fit. Mm. Not everybody is like that, but still there are, there are things about if it's going to be recorded, for example, I will freak out <laughs> that there's going to be somebody who can rewind and freeze frame on a part of my face or go back and play something over and over again in the moment um, and take it out of context and that to me is so scary that like doing video content is actually really nerve wracking for me, mm -hmm. but being live on stage with an audience right there, I can feel their energy immediately mm. and I can sense, do I have them? Mm. Do they understand what this story is? Is it clicking? Is it connecting? Mm. Are they with me? Mm. And opening up so much of myself as actors behind the scenes, before we even get into uh, scene work and rehearsals, we've made some discoveries about the characters. Like we look at what parts of their lives we can relate to mm -hmm. or find something that's analogous in our own lives that we can remember before mm -hmm. we do that scene. Mm -hmm. So it feels like you're watching what happens in a person's life 
when you're in theater that's going really well. Mm. And I would say the most important learning that I got from that live theater where you're doing the same show, you know, the same script over and over again, sometimes twice a day, sometimes three times a day in two different cities. And it seems like it would make you crazy, right? To say the same words over and over again. And I can imagine people in a call center or telemarketers or people who are in sales also having to say the same thing over and over again, um, or a parent giving their child the same lecture over and over again. We get tired of, of what we anticipate the reaction will be mm. or what we, you know, even if it happens 99 times. So we're getting the proof that what we knew would happen definitely happened. The most important thing that I learned in theater is really about listening mm. and being moment to moment. We know intellectually that the words are going to be there, but we have a responsibility to commit to our character mm. moment by moment. Mm. And our character doesn't know what the next line is going to be. She doesn't know that she's not going to get a yes from her uh, character, from her scene partner. She mm. doesn't know that she's not going to achieve her objective. She's, mm going after it in the scene, mm. moment to moment. And so the discoveries have to be moment to moment also. Mm. It's magical because what we have to do is suspend our understanding, our intellectual understanding and feel only with heart and mm. connect to where we would be ourselves at that point in the story mm. before the disaster happened or before we knew it wasn't gonna get any worse or it wasn't gonna get any better. And it keeps me present in the moment when I think about that and those tools, like everything that we learned. And even if the other actor is saying the same lines, as an actor playing opposite them, we can still see different things in the people around us communicating every single day. Mm. We know if somebody had had a bad day or they had something really traumatic happen and they still showed up on stage and they're using it, they're using that energy and channeling it into service of telling this story, it's going to have another layer. It's mm -hmm. going to be more nuanced. And that was the stuff that just was thrilling to me. It was in the moments. It sounds as though um, a real separation of the mind and, and tapping into the heart. Um, yes, and, exactly. Uh, but with that, uh, being open up, open to that vulnerability, which is obviously uh, um can be somewhat of a buzzword that that floats around at the moment or um you know however you take it but really what you've described there is that um pure essence of vulnerability because without yeah. it um it would have seemed too staged almost right no it's exactly right <laughs> that's exactly it that's what you see Right. Yeah. When you, when you see like, oh, they're a good actor or a bad actor, yeah. most people don't know what that means, you know, yeah. or they say, oh, who's your favorite actor, you know, yeah. and they'll pick somebody that they think is really great. And no matter who they are, whoever they're picking, that's really great. Mm. What they are seeing that they like is that they're getting the value that they want out mm. of a performance. Some people like things that like, some people really like Jimmy Fallon, you know, <laughs> he's not a great actor you know and he <laughs> broke character all the time on saturday night live to break character by the way means like you have lines and you're supposed to be true in that character and then you just stop and laugh <laughs> like you're <laughs> laughing at yourself because it's too hard too hard to keep a straight face 
but people get a lot of entertainment out of his work. Mm. And so some people are very happy with that. Mm. Other people might say, you know who I really like, uh, Meryl Streep, mm. uh, because I feel like she's always transformed into some other something. Mm. And so people like that. They like mm. that experience that she has all of these very, very different nuanced roles. Mm. Someone else might like Sandra Oh, mm. an actress, um, you, you know, that she, she plays some version of herself in different imaginary circumstances. Amazing. There's something like very her about each of her roles. So we're all taking what we want from the performance that are opposite us. But the, the thing that like my definition of a really good actor would include is that vulnerability. It's that mm. trusting, being open. You can see that they're going inside of themselves and pulling something out in service of the story mm. and in service of that connection. And would you say that um, this obviously all draws back to, as you say, that, that, that communication, that ability to communicate in, in the professional sense, because we all yeah. are dealing with people that have different interpretation, different preferences, um, different ways of thinking and, and, and doing and operating in business. Um, and, and that's where you come in to, to really um, help the, the business owner or um, I, I can some reason what jumps out to me is you must help a lot of salespeople that are that are out there trying to get their message across to an audience where where the um, audience member the you know the prospect is, may have a preference of of how they're being sold to or how they're communicated to so that's a real challenge that you must face with uh, with all the people all your clients or everyone you have to deal with all the um, when you're when you're doing your speaking presentations to the to the audience, because there are so many uh, different um, people and and approaches, um, you know what's been the most satisfying or the or the best way that you've been able to kind of combat that with with that that variation and of of people just just being you know different people. Well, you have to know who you are first. You know, whether that's a company, you have to know what your personality is as a company, what you offer, what your values are, what you stand for. Mm. Because if you try and bend too far one way or the other, people will know you're not authentic and they won't trust you. Mm. And people are, are much more apt to trust somebody with their business, with their money, with their attention, if they know exactly who they are. Mm. So the communication has to start with, this is what matters most to me, and mm. this is why. Mm. You got to start with what with what you really care about, and then the second step can be, all right, well, who wants that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, if, let's say I want to change the way everybody in the world communicates to be more connective. Yeah. There are going to be some people who are after volume, mm. and they really want the people who are going to be the easy sell, mm. who already get it. And that sounds nice, right? But um, there's a lot of competition for that kind of client. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you take an extra 15 seconds to go and look at somebody's LinkedIn profile, check out their activity, mm -hmm. go see if they have a website, like just do like a, a, a full minute or two of prospecting, real prospecting, where you go and see what is this person like and what would their needs be? Mm -hmm. Then you're in so much of a better position to get a sale, to get a yes, and to know that it is the right fit, that that thing that you stand for, that you know you want to offer, you know is helpful 
for this person. Mm. And then you can just talk to that person. You don't have to talk to everybody. That's why you got to start with you first and then back it up into who needs that thing that I have. Mm. And so when you, um, with that piece of advice, because it is, it's, um, I think it's an absolute given that you understand and you take the time to, um, you know, find out a little bit more about the person you're talking about, mm-hmm. because it's just, I actually think it's just respectful. It's just courteous to, yeah, to you know, to, to spend that time um, because right. you, you've got a value uh, that, uh, that when we, when we engage, when we talk with people, um, you know, we, we all live quite busy lives. So, you know, we've got to really make the most of it. My, um, the part that I'm most curious about is, is that, um, have you ever come across people that, um, have, don't have that information available? And if they like, in terms of don't share anything on LinkedIn, don't have a website. I've had, I've had business owners um, come to me that don't have websites and don't believe they need a website because they're so good and word of mouth is, is, is fine and all that type of thing. Okay. Well, um, why are they coming to you? Like if they're <laughs> fine, if they have enough business, what do they need? Um, well, we do systems uh, reviews. So in terms of efficiency, so into that's uh, so that obviously does come out in terms of yes they they have plenty of business but they don't know how to manage that business so that's that's where we are able to consult and come in and look at their systems um but absolutely so we have definitely have clients who say oh we don't need a website we've got so much business and things like that so um but having that digital presence isn't isn't necessarily um isn't isn't a given um, whilst there is a, there is a lot of activity no, right. in the digital space. Have you ever come across anybody who doesn't have a digital presence? Oh, absolutely. Um, in fact, I was at uh, the Cowboys club up in Frisco. I was visiting with uh, the team from tech wildcatters, a startup accelerator I'm a communication mentor for. Yeah. And we were there um, seeing the, the play by play of a recent Cowboy, Dallas Cowboys football game being gone over like the game tape by one of their coaches and um his role was the vp of player personnel and i was like what is that what do you manage what do you i've never heard of this before and i was thinking about him and what he really what he did and he said you know he manages anything that has to do with the players um, like he's, you know, he used to be a coach. Like he, he goes over the game tapes, but he also will deal with like ticket requests or interpersonal communication issues. And I had a light bulb, right? I hear communication, like got it. Uh, he's talking to them about communication on the field. I'm like, light bulb, got it. And <laughs> are you on LinkedIn? You know, can we connect there? He's like, oh no, I'm not on any social media. And one of the reasons why he didn't want to be on LinkedIn is he didn't want to open up for all the messages. He didn't want people constantly selling to him. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who are at his level who totally could use my services have no idea because they're not where I am. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. there are people he's surrounded by who know people who know people who know me. (laughs) And I ended up there anyway. So part of messaging consulting that I do for people is you want to have that website so that if somebody quickly pulls up your profile or your website on their phone and shows it 
to the VP of player personnel at the Dallas Cowboys and says, you want to talk to this girl, that he's not just like who, you know? Oh, I see. So having that presence of your own legitimizes Mm -hmm. you so that when somebody else is referring you, you have that information anchored. Yes. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely, it's, it's definitely a, something very important um, uh, if, for, for certain aspects of business. Um, I guess my, the, it, was, it was interesting because you were able to obviously um, get, to know, um, get to know this person even though they weren't on, you know, in the digital space, um, you know, it sounds like you kind of went in somewhat blind, but, but you asked all the right questions. So you were able to, as yeah. you said, um, my questions, you're right. Like, yeah. he was like who are you? <laughs> like, well, well, let me tell you, Will McKay, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but he, he was only willing to answer those questions because you, you had a, a digital presence. Um, and yeah. you know, you had that introduction and, um, but and he that's, doesn't, you know, so if he's yeah. my, potential communication partner, yeah. a client of mine who doesn't, I can't reach him or pre-qualify him. Here's what I can do, right? Like yeah. the people, the guy I was sitting next to, I had never met him before, <laughs> but I started, I started a conversation with him and he, he, I asked him, you know, if you've been coming here a lot, he happened to be on the membership committee of the Cowboys club. And I asked him, where's the best seat? Where do I go? If I want to get the best seat, um, he's like, well, are you looking for the view? And I was like, no, I want the conversation. Who's talking? Who's at the front of the room leading? Because that's the person who could potentially need my help. And so he's, he showed me where to sit and he sat next to me. And I built a relationship with him and I got his card by the end of the night. And some people don't even have business cards. They just have a phone number and it's like <laughs> a landline. And I'm in Dallas, Texas, where there are a lot of old school people doing business the old school way. And they don't actually even care if you have a website, but they care about who vouches for you. And that's personal branding just as much as any kind of digital presence. Your reputation. That's the word we used to call it. You know, what's your reputation? That's Who knows about it? Yeah. Make sure people know about me. That's right. So, I mean, um, you know, old school networking still exists. It still exists. Business still exists outside of the digital space. Um, And so whilst we, um, and I think that that's a really important message to get across today is that, um, uh, you know, we both obviously work very much in the digital space, but we also know how to interact, engage, and really encapsulate, like you said, a conversation with real people, like that you meet in real life. Um, And so that's something that I think that that connective communication (laughs) And those, and those opportunities are so rare mm. to connect to people outside of the digital space because so much of our days now are planned around it. Mm. We, we have to block out time to be on email <laughs> and block out time to be on Zoom calls and mm. to be commenting or posting or whatever mm. it is to lead a virtual mastermind. You know, we, we do things digitally all the time. We're mm. not just accidentally running into people. So that means that the stakes are higher for the in-person communication events that we have. You got to be prepared for those things. You have to have some tools for being connective in case you run across the person who's going to change your life. Yes. And it happens to me all the time that it's the person next to me in line at a grocery store or just anywhere random 
Like who have you met in the last year in person that has been impactful to you in some way in your business? Um, uh, I think that because, so there is a, um, there is a local networking uh, kind of community that I, I have that I, I, uh, I think uh, we meet probably once a, uh, once a month or so. Um, and uh, there are those that, that regularly kind of turn up, but there's always um, kind of people that are, are passing through that um, may not be, uh, may not be located locally, but are, are around. Um, when you, when you talk about um, those people that kind of come in, I think that because um, uh, there are a lot of um, school families, uh, there are a lot of um, business owners that, that I do talk to through, through the school and um, because of the, the area that we live in, um, there are a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, uh, a lot of self-made kind of businesses in, oh, in yeah? this area. So, um, cool. so yeah, so it, and so when you ask that question, that's probably where my mind kind of stems is kind of through the school families. Um, so being involved in things like trivia nights and those types of things. Oh yeah. Yeah. Perfect so example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, so you meet people on a personal level too. Yeah. Look, I'll be honest. Trivia is not my thing. I'm not, um, you know, I've oh, never, me neither. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything. Yeah, me too. Like, I mean, I, I know a lot of little things that like you, you would think I'd be good at trivia because I know a lot of things about little random things, but none of them are deep into a category. Like if it's theater trivia, I might do well, but otherwise, I mean, all of the other wedges on the trivial pursuit board are basically lost to me <laughs> same yeah I'm no, I've never been very good at it I've just but I, th I think that it comes to a point where um when you've got so much stuff in your mind you can't fit any more in um so when it yeah. comes to trivia I, I just don't have any space like I'm not I'm not um I don't watch uh a lot of movies I don't find enough time to watch movies and those types yeah. of things um which which is you know a the the times that I do watch movies is when the kids and the hubbies are like you know saying okay it's movie family movie time and it's like okay so you know the, it it comes when it comes but it's um you know we we have to really identify Precious. where where yeah. yeah where where we where we can fit things in because there's only 24 mm -hmm. hours in the day um and yeah. being able to do that so no you're absolutely right when it comes to who you meet um you know the conversations that you start yeah. and the value as you said offline um that you can identify just with people um yeah. you know because it's regardless of who they are what what title they have um mm -hmm. because um because it's if you're in 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 business you've got to uh you've got to really value uh the person that you're talking to because right. if you if you don't um they'll be able to tell oh they'll feel it immediately yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody wants to ultimately feel love and mm. feel accepted and mm. feel valued mm. so anybody that you're talking to if you can't if you can't really cherish that opportunity to connect with them, then maybe they're not the right person for you to be connecting with and you should talk to somebody else. Yeah. But if you can in any way, just recognize the humanity of the person across from you and be open, be vulnerable. Like we were in those moments in theater on the stage, you don't know what's going to happen next. Even if you have a judgment, 
even if you look at somebody and you think, oh, they couldn't possibly help me with anything. Why should I bother? You should bother, bother because they are another person. Absolutely. If you have the opportunity to be the kind of person you are with that person and yeah. then see what happens. Yeah. It all comes back to knowing yourself and what you stand for first. And then the people who are meant to be there in your life or in your circle or in your business will come to you. Just be prepared with who you need an introduction to or what kind of business you do or, or a good question, right? Because you could ask a question of a hairdresser, hey, this thing comes up in my business. Does anything like that ever come up in yours? And that is one of the most fascinating parts of LinkedIn for me is that we all have so many different places we're coming from, but so many of the challenges that we have overlap or they're analogous to each other. And we can learn things from people in different industries that we would never think of in our own lives. You deal with systems all the time, right? So you, you can see something in one industry, a system that maybe is in agriculture that could potentially work in manufacturing or mm. it could work in e-commerce. Mm. If you just swap out some of the, the key words or those data fields for something else, the system mm. works. That's right. The system of connection that I've created, the, the Say Things Better method, it mm. works in theater. It's yeah. actually based on methods that we're taught as actors for how to take that us part of us through this scripted screen and connect to the other person on stage. And that reality that people are seeing, that's what connects to the audience. Mm. They want to see the real stuff. They do. You know, they, they don't realize that the real stuff isn't in the lines, in the characters only. It's really in our lives as actors. Mm. That's what they're seeing. But that's what connects. That's mm. stuff that's for real. It must be amazing for you, Lila, to be able to integrate, um, you know, what I can hear and feel from your passion, your, your acting passion, um, as well as be able to, to now do it and help so many, help so many people. Um, you know, it you, is. Yeah. You, you run, you know, you run a number of um, projects, um, masterminds, um, you do one-on-one, you, you do, you know, your presentations. Um, how, do you have any um, any aspirations to uh, because lots of people um, you know you're you're in you're in the moment at the you know with with delivering um, your message and you, you yeah. know your value to everyone is is that is that you know is that what uh, is your plan to to continue this for for, for many years to come or is, is there, is there plans yeah. for evolution of, of the, it, the plan is always to stay open. Uh. Um, I only came to this because I was open. I was at a point where I had stopped acting cause I didn't like the business of it. And, and I felt that there was more mm. beyond the, the connection on stage, like beyond the scripted lines. Mm. I wanted the connection that was unscripted mm. and I wanted to be able to script based on reality, not based on, fiction. Mm. I wanted to create um, confluence rather than dramatic conflict, mm. <laughs> you know, just because it's interesting. I wanted to watch real connection happen mm. and that wasn't happening for me. And so I was open mm. and I was in e-commerce and I wasn't feeling happy there either. So I was open. Mm. And when I was open, that's when the discovery happened. 
that the things that I really had learned were applicable somewhere else. And I'm asking myself constantly, like I'm in a perpetual state of rehearsal, which is where the discovery happens, where I try it. I try something out. I'll try adding a new piece into one of my training workshops for communicators at larger organizations. And I'll try it out and I'll see what the response is or I'll get feedback. Um, or I will try it like this coming November, I'm trying a slightly different format for my mastermind. We've had 20 to 25 people in every group so far. So in November, I'm trying a smaller group, 15 people and a small amount of required engagement, just one comment on everything that they watch in the group and then one response to somebody else. So not a tremendous amount, but it is required. And this is different this time. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that I'll learn from it and I'll be able to refine and keep improving whatever my offerings are. You can't innovate uh, if, if you're unwilling to be open. Mm. You can't grow if you're unwilling to try or not have something work out. It's okay to be incremental in your innovation. Yeah. You have to do some. You have to do some. Well, it's amazing that you, um, it's, it's so nice to hear you describe it as rehearsal. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that's where your innovation and your discovery kind of comes from. Um, because, uh, you know, uh, in, in, you know, the word I use is experimenting because I'm a scientist. Right? <laughs> Oh my God, Elizabeth, do you know, I, I keep, so I talk about this so much. I talk about, um, oh, you, you know, in a football game when the players are rehearsing and I'm like, what's the word for rehearsal in sports? <laughs> I have yeah. to have someone tell me it's practice. <laughs> and I'm like, I've completely forgotten that that's a word. Or when I say, oh, when you go on a job audition, right? <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> Interview. <laughs> But I'm still so, it's so ingrained in me that yeah. that language, and it is an audition yeah. because it's an opportunity to connect, but bring exactly who you are yes. and what you would bring to a role. Even yeah. the word role is the same. Yeah. So, like, it's just so funny that you use experiment because of your science background and I use rehearsal because of my theater background. Uh, if anybody's listening and wants to share, <laughs> what words do you use? Uh, Message me and Elizabeth and tell us what words you use that come from your background that you don't even realize well, um, until we now ask you. That's <laughs> right. The, the, the synonyms that for, for, those, for that kind of uh, practice, that kind of action, um, yeah. you know, are, are probably, you know, so there's so many of them, but, but when we... Uh, when we're used to who we are, when we know yeah. who we are, we 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 tend to obviously, yeah, we we sit in that comfort zone. Um, but as you said, we don't stay there um, too long because we do need to grow. We, you know, so yeah. we we understand ourselves, but we also understand that there is um, there's always that that ability to develop um, something inside of ourselves. So yeah. in saying that. I always like to kind of draw the uh, podcast to a close by asking what's the number one communication tip that you'd provide um, to our listeners to, for them to take away, for them to think about um, that you find gets, um, gets the most kind of um, gets the most cogs in the brain turning. What's the, what's the number one tip that you'd, you'd give everyone? Uh, it's, you know, I, I think that the first thing you always have to start with who you are you know, and what's important to you. 
Mm. And the, there, that's the first step of the Say Things Better method is what's your motivation? What's that thing that's going to get you up and keep you moving every day? That should be the same thing that holds you accountable to intentional communication. Mm. The thing that's the most important to you, the impact you want to have on the world and the people around you. Mm. What do you want to do with yourself? Mm. And then the fifth step of the five is verb your values. So when you know who you are and you know what's important to you, just ask yourself the question, what's important to me that I make other people feel when they've been communicated to by me? Mm. So if you're my communication partner, no matter what, it's going to be important to me that I affirm, connect, and empower you through Mm. our communication. Mm. So those are verbs that describe the actions that I want my communication to be taking. Mm. It's impact at the end of that. I know what it is. It's, it's you now are affirmed. We now are connected. You now are empowered as mm. a result of the action that my communication took. Mm. Communicative action is kinetic. It moves. Mm. So having the intention first before you let it loose is where I think the most transformative work begins. Know who you are, know what you need, and know what you want to do to other people with your communication. Mm. And I've, I, I, I have to, I'm, I know I'm not supposed to ask another question from this, but when you say okay. that, my, my, my first inclination when you say that is that have you come across people who really struggle to answer that first question, to know who, who they are? are? They? Oh, yeah. Oh, most of the time. <laughs> I myself know myself super well, and I don't know myself at all. <laughs> no. I'm always changing um, and things come up. I'm, I'm different from day to day, from moment to moment. Mm. I'm different now because I had an experience earlier today, you know, at the amusement park that I went to mm. and seeing the people that were there and thinking about which rides were nostalgic and which rides were new and just all of these new thoughts that I had because of a different experience I have makes me a different person today than I was yesterday. So it's a perpetual state of discovery, but Mm. there are some things about us that are probably going to stay true for our whole lives. Mm. My friend, Kristen Sherry created a program called UMAP, which takes four different assessments and pulls them together into one cohesive report that tells you probably you're like this. (laughs) It starts with your natural strengths. And then your values, the things that are important to you as as a person, the skills that you like using, so things you've learned how to do, like play a flute or take pictures or write short form content or interview people for information or read for information or research. These are all things that you can learn to do. The things that you all like doing that you're good at, those things to focus on. And then just your personality-driven interests, like mine is to be the performer. So I know things about myself based on those assessments. There are tons of assessments out there, but just start by, by doing some of them. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, I would say use the comedy tragedy masks in theater as sort of a test. Use the comedy tragedy masks in theater as sort of a test by, by imagining the happy face and the sad face. And ask yourself during the day, which mask am I wearing right now? Do I feel super happy? Or do I feel in between? Or do I feel really sad or really angry? And understanding things about yourself just by knowing I feel good about this 
I feel bad about this. Those are some extremes. And extremes give you information about what's important to you. That middle stuff is less important. So I would say try not to build a life in the middle. Mm-hmm. Build a life based on conviction and understanding at one end or the other of joy or tragedy. But you must have also come across people who uh, find that too confronting. Sure, but mm. we're confronting it anyway. Mm. You know, if you're sad, you start to cry. Mm. And then you're confronted with your feelings. Mm. If you are in conversation with somebody and someone gets triggered, mm. you're, you have to confront it anyway. Mm. You can show up to work. And it's been the same for you every mm. single day for 30 years in the same role. Mm. And then one day, this girl walks in and she's your new boss. And she's, you know, 40 years younger than you or something. And she has no experience in this industry, but plenty in another. And she happens to know someone. So now this period of stasis where you've always been is being challenged. Mm -hmm. And you have to still be open and still discover your things about yourself. Mm -hmm. What things about you now can connect with this brand new communication partner? What things about you now are coming to the surface that never were challenged before? where is your relevance now if this is what is being kind of made a pillar of the company's success or the future you have to still find things to pull from Mm. so if you don't know yourself and that moment happens you'll be lost Mm. life is confrontational we are confronted by understanding or lack thereof of ourselves constantly Mm. Just ask yourself if you feel good or bad about something. It's a pretty easy place to start. Yeah. And I I can really tell that you make everyone comfortable with the process. And I think that that's really important. It's important to um, be at ease and, um, you know, um, there's no rush. I get the feeling from you that there is no rush and that um, we, we all have different um, paces, um, you know, some of us can yeah. run fast. Some of us can't run at all, yeah. whatever, right. whatever, the, whatever the case is. Um, there's but- nobody's map or chart mm. or timeline mm. that has to apply to you. Mm. There is no one set formula for all of the things that are going to work for all of the people at all the time. Mm. There are people out there with good ideas, mm. but you can ask yourself if you like that idea mm. and you're not wrong if you don't, mm. you know, you don't have to prove it to anybody. Mm. You just have to know what works for you. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got to say that um, I'm sure that there are plenty of people listening who um, want to know more about what you've spoken about because you really kind of unearthed a lot of um, possibilities and that's, that's the beauty of, you know, what you do. Um, so what's the best place for people to find you, Lila? People can find me on LinkedIn and reach out to connect. If you're listening to this podcast, that already tells me that you're one of my communication partners. If you listen to r and chat and you, know, you really um, hashtag r and chat, uh, the, the real and raw, uh, if you, if you want to talk you know, to people who talk like this, then reach out to connect, not just follow. Mm-hmm. If you hit the three dots next to my name on LinkedIn, you'll see an option to connect. I have a bunch of followers, so the follow button has come up by default, but I can still connect. If you want to get me immediately, 
or if you want to work with me, if you're not sure how to talk about what you do in a way that connects to the people who will pay for it, mm-hmm. or you're not sure how to connect with the other people around you who are important to you, email me about that kind of thing today because you shouldn't spend any more time feeling lost in that way. It's so overwhelming and I can make it really easy for you. So email me at Lila, L-I-L-A, at saythingsbetter.com. You can find saythingsbetter.com or follow me on Instagram at Lila Lasagna. Oh, excellent. Well, <laughs> I will, I'll pop all that de- those details in the show notes. Um, and But thank you so much for just sharing so many wonderful aspects of yourself um, and, and bringing it all together, helping, helping um, those listeners that, that, as you say, possibly thinking about things, but aren't, aren't, um, don't really know how to kind of start connecting the dots. They really just need to, to talk to you and just, just, just start that, that ball rolling because it really um, is, um, you know, simple as pie to to be able to get get that happening so but thank you so so very much for all the yeah everything that you shared with me today Lila I've really appreciated it thanks for asking the good questions like you (laughs) always do all your people thanks Lila take care you too